0: Harness Racing, Victoria Wide, RSN 927 is Talking Trots. Welcome to Talking Trots on this beautiful Saturday morning. What a renaissance of summer we've got going at the moment. It's autumnal in some areas, Blake Redden. I saw some of the deciduous trees in Melbourne. The leaves were just falling off. It's a great time to be alive.
1: Yeah, I barked for the story last week and never really eventuated. It was quite a quite a cold day last Saturday, but uh, mm. luckily this, this week is very different, so looking forward to uh, to a lovely day in Melbourne Town.
0: We're going to get stuck into what has happened over the last seven days, and then into this called Park Melton program this evening. Now, it's not a feature card, apart from the Sundons, Gift Trotters, Free For All, where we've got a very short price favourite, but overall, it's a very good program in 11 races, so plenty to get through through the back half of the show, but we'll start with the things that we have learned. We always go to school every week with harness racing, you never stop improving, First point, Brady. Almost in parentheses, brackets ends country cups champs with monster win at Horsham. I get knocked a little bit. Uh, he's sort of he's not quite you know at the San Carlo realm, but he's uh, he's a horse I've got a lot of time for, and I reckon you and plenty of other people are falling in love with him at the moment as well, Bakes.
1: Yeah, you seem to have a, an unfair advantage. I think it's fair to say. Uh, with uh, with that camp because you always seem to know about them before others. But anyway, that's just how it is. You you can claim them first if you like. Uh, but no, he, he was he was outstanding on the weekend, Buster Brady. I mean, it, for all money, he was gone. He was he was dead set gone at the top of the straight. Um, he was dropping out after doing work through the early and middle stages, or through the middle stages when they slackened off. And um, at the end of the day, he uh, he just picked up when they when they straightened up. And clearly, he's not comfortable on bends at least when he's off the pegs, uh, but that didn't make much difference, really, because the way he launched it, can't refuse and Jellybee Chevy late, really stamped himself as... I, I think that was the win for me that stamped him as a, as a proper Grand Circuit horse, and we're going to see a lot more from him going forward. Um, he's clearly already done the job through the Country Cups. I think he's won five of them. So um, he, uh, he will... Probably not competing the last couple, um, I suspect. He's definitely not at Mildura, and you doubt he'd go to Warragul, but at the same time, it would take a minor miracle for him to be beaten with perspective. Requiring a win in both cups um, mm. to, to knock him off, so unlikely. highly unlikely you would have thought. So, Buster Brady's, uh, as you said, almost ended the Country Cups Championship, but further, he's uh, he sort of set himself up for a big tilt at the Grand Circuit next season just, or
0: later this season. Just for little giggles, and this is a question without notice, and I understand this is this is trivia at its finest. Can you name, mm. without looking back, the five regional features that have been won by Buster Brady in season 2000? <laughs> Yeah, 19. I can tell you that he won the Cobram Cup. That's correct. The Geelong Cup. That was his first one.
1: It was. He won the Horsham Cup. He won the Horsham Cup. He galloped in the Senada Cup,
0: which his was his first, first Australian
1: start. start. Australia. There's two more to come. Um, I feel like I don't know. I want to say Terang, even though I think it's probably not right. He didn't win Terang because that was Maritite. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I. This we'll, is. We'll come
0: back to, You get to think about it. You've done three or five, yeah, you've got yeah, two okay. more to go, but don't yeah. look for the answer. Okay. Um, just very quickly before, so we don't labour this point too long, Greg Hayes sort of said to me on in the gig during the week as he likes to be antagonistic about Victorian horses mm. uh, that he felt that while Buster Brady's obviously very good, the quirks, the gate issues will preclude him actually winning a really big race. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, well, that's nonsense. I mean, that's really silly because he, he actually gets around tracks pretty well on the pegs. And we've seen that a number of times now when he hasn't been forced to race off the pegs, that he doesn't actually lose ground on the bends. Um, uh, So that won't be what's stopping him from winning in Grand Circuit. It will be either he has the ability or he doesn't. And I think most people believe he does have the ability to do it.
0: Point number two, Python chokes his rivals in another regional feature. We're getting reptilian here, Monty Python. The bowel constrictor. The bowel constrictor. Uh, He's... He's been a frustrating horse, I think, for punching big snake. At times, but um, he's, he's very good, and I think the keys to him are soft smother, long journey primarily. Potentially. I mean, he did do work in the inter and I thought some of his runs were okay. Um, long
1: journey clearly seems Final to be... Final long
0: journey smother. Yeah. Cranbourne yeah, ide- long journey smother.
1: Yeah, in an ideal circumstance, in, in, in a perfect world, of course. Um, I think in the Cranbourne inter heat, he might have parked out, but uh and ran okay. Uh and even in the Ballarat heat I think he copped a flat tire and did he sit well monopark? Park? Uh anyway, probably splitting hairs to a large degree because yes, in an ideal situation, in an ideal world that is gonna gonna be what unfolds for him and and it played well for him on the weekend. Uh Il Parada I guess you know, I don't think he would have won the race necessarily, but obviously at the top of the straight he sort of went a bit wobbly. Wobbly? There's a horse. We should find out where he's at. But he got a bit wobbly and uh, and just lost his his compass a little bit. But, um, you know, Belts is a decent measuring stick and, and he was too strong Monty Python.
0: Uh, point number three, be happy, doesn't worry, as he lives up to hype in Shake and Make a Classic, of course, the low marsh, of the Bobby McFerrin hit from about 30 <laughs> years ago. Um it's really difficult, isn't it? We're often with two-year-olds, even when you're assessing the form, you are there's, there's an element of boom and spruit that you hear around the grounds, and you think to yourself, "Well, I've got to take that into consideration." Be Happy Mac was a good winner on day I thought his last 50 or 100 metres was underrated, and then uh, you're still the, the jury. If you are in in fact a 12-man jury and one person, you're still it's still out in terms of Be Happy Mac and whether he's an absolute top liner But I think in in a uh, a year where we haven't seen any you know, too many spectacularly brilliant two-year-olds that have just come out and blown us away. He's now two for two, and I did feel the wind. The more I've watched it, the more I think it was soft as butter in the shaker maker.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, as you say, I'm I'm just a little bit lukewarm in terms of I'm not talking him down um, whatsoever. I'm just happy to to let it play out a little bit. Um, you know, on face value, I'd say that Gilby Nitro is. Is probably the more exciting two-year-old because we know a little bit more about him and what he did last Friday night at Bathurst and and uh, and all that. Uh, but at the same time, I'm, I'm certainly respecting the opinion that, that you've sort of relayed the team have uh, of a Be Happy Max. So um, no knock on him. It was, a as you say, a pretty soft win. And we'll learn a little bit more about him in the next couple of months. Am I allowed to look at a map of... Victoria to try and work this out, or is that even.? Um,
0: it worries me cheating. that while you're supposed to be concentrating on other <laughs> elements of the show, you're still thinking about that original query. You can look at a map of Victoria, of course you can. Okay, just well. Don't look at, just yeah. don't look at harness.org results. Yeah, okay. Um, then this is a big 1.4 fitting farewell for the mayor of Mildura. We heard um, late last week that Craig Rail um, will be abdicating his throne. It was only yesterday, wasn't it? What an amazing. It was Thursday night, I reckon. Yeah, okay. Oh, might have been, I well, think it was Friday. I, I oh, yeah, okay. We heard. Yeah, okay. uh, We might have heard a touch earlier, maybe yeah. a little earlier than uh, the masses. But um, what an exceptional 14 years of services delivered for Harness Racing Victoria and all fans of the sport, particularly as we know in his beloved Sunraysia, but right around the state. And I know you're a particularly huge fan of the man Matty Stewart used to call movable. <laughs> yes. Um, he's been terrific, hasn't he?
1: Oh, outstanding. And I think. One thing that you can't speak highly enough for Craig Rale is, A, it was probably, I mean, the list you could reel off for days, but professionalism, uh, enthusiasm, you know that he loves the game. You can tell that by the way he calls his races. Commitment to the cause. He'll turn up anywhere at any time, if required, um, for the team. He's just, uh, you know, if if... if if this was a, a football club, he'd be best clubman every year, Craig Rowell, because he's just—he's yeah, just that kind of guy. So um, not only is, it, is he a great call that that adds atmosphere to Mildura particularly, but any race that he calls, he's—you um, know—he's a great person, and uh, and I'm sure he'll be thoroughly missed, but not totally lost to the industry because. Despite the fact he's moving to New Zealand, he will remain as a contractor with Harness Racing Victoria. He'll do form comments for us or with us, um, and he'll be doing the trial file as well on the trots.com.au. So um, some good news, I guess, to go with the the sadness of him moving across the Tasman.
0: As a young man, there's no reason why uh, down the track we won't see him back calling in Victoria, and I think all of us would love to see that be the case. Um, The flip side of that, of course, is a, a much younger man, a man that could probably be, you know... Old enough to be my son, basically. Luke, Luke Humphreys, uh, it, it turns up and uh, and becomes a full-time employee at Harness Racing Victoria. An enormous opportunity for the young man, but he's hit the ground running. His early calls for Harness Racing Victoria have been sensational, and you just get the funny feeling in a different way. He's going to get that cult following that that Craig Rail had a, a, a different but same-same-but-different sort of situation for Luke Humphries.
1: Yeah, I guess he's the... Um, and, you know, a race calling is a position where once you have a job, it's very hard to get um, pitchforked out because it, there's not many around, and if you're good at your job, you're good at your job. So he's Luke's probably the first, I guess, caller to come through in the in the modern era at least in the trots that's come with social media and he's obviously got a, a really good following on social media which um is nice it, it sort of gives him feedback on the on the fly in terms of how he's doing and uh you know he's going to be a great as- asset to the industry hopefully he's he's, uh, he's locked into the trots for a number of years because we know that um you know he's got the ability to do pretty much anything he wants and um and he's going to get a great grounding at the very least um you know calling races all over the state and, and different horses and we know that you know, his number one love probably is the trots. So, um, you know, it's, it's a great coup for the sport. And I'm sure that uh, all trots followers that uh, that love the passion of Craig Rail will feel very similar with Luke Humphreys.
0: Yep. Um, and as you say, great coup for uh, for harness racing because he, he calls the greyhounds extremely well also. Runs of the week, one, two, three. Um, one vote goes to one of your favourites of the horse that you picked out early doors. And she's been... A little frustrating for punters recently, but her win uh, on the weekend, last weekend that is, was absolutely sensational. Who is she? Yeah, we're not going over top here, but little Pistol
1: Abbey gets one. It was a big win. It was, Yeah, well, it was a huge win to, to reel really in our step up. I know you've got a little theory that maybe the fence or well, the pegs wasn't the place to be on the night, but... Um, strong theory. Strong theory. Uh, at the same time, boy oh boy, the way that, that she did it, uh, she still ran past other horses off the pegs and showed a great turn of foot, so... Uh, Look, I don't think she's a one-trick pony. I know there's a theory floating around that she needs to be driven ice cold, but uh, that was certainly effective on the weekend, may not be necessary all the time.
0: Well, anybody who saw her bash Majestic Cruiser and co. when she led one, I reckon it might have been on Bendigo Cup night. Uh, that's not the case. Two votes for um, a horse who, with Elder Baron in its name, but normally Elder Baron horses turn up at relatively short odds early in their career, but this one has been left out in the cold and left out in the dark, but continues to go uh, extremely well and i think made it three on end yep three
1: on end uh and jt this preparation i think the horse probably showed ability from the trials early doors and um you know big big tick for paul and curry males to to sort of get the horse to where it is right now it was a good strong win on the weekend it's got a you know a nice turn of foot uh it, it's got a bit of toughness about it. So, um, yeah, nice win and a horse to follow.
0: And three votes. Uh, I'll take this one. It was sure. Lucinda Mack. Unbelievable win, really. And this probably this feeds somewhat into my theory about the fans being off because in good races, in ordinary races, oftentimes trotters can gallop and then pick themselves up and win. But not only was Lucinda Mack not even close to favourite in uh, the race that she contested on Saturday night at a Park Melton. She made a significant early error. And rounded them up as though she was head and shoulders above horses like Kai Valley. If we can leave Galleon's glory out of the conversation because he also made an early error. But um, it was a gigantic win. Goes around again at Tavcore Park Melton tonight. And the fact that she's not in the first two favourites for that race is kind of a wonder. It's, It's all a little bit confusing. But there's no doubt in terms of the performances I saw during the week, Marie Campbell can... Um, be extremely proud of the job that she's done with Lucinda Mac because I thought she was clearly the run of the week. The driver of the week also performed extremely well at Metropolitan Headquarters on Saturday night, and she's a woman who's driven a few winners throughout the course of her career. Feeds into the, the last uh, horse to follow. Well, did, did drive Lucinda Mac. Her name is? Karen Manning, three yeah. winners, Reciprocity, Lucinda Mac and? Reciprocity, Lucinda Mac and... Reciprocity Lucinda Matt. I know it's. So this and is quite funny. It was funny. early in the program, wasn't it? Oh no, nah. no. Nah, nah. Where
1: was it? It was a horse that breezed, put away a leader that dropped right out. Yeah, a little bit more of a clue. it uh, doesn't always drive this horse. Trainer? Uh, had give
0: it given away? Come on, Terry Young. Delta Sun. Delta Sun. Yeah, that was that Terry early. Young and Delta Sun. That was tough, but I was yeah. remiss of me nonetheless. Um, that'll do. Yeah, we, a little bit more before. The, I just I, you, I, you got Buster Brady's other two. Well, I feel like I'm going to get it wrong at some point, so I
1: just got to have a, a, a throw at the stumps. it? no. no. Ah,
0: that really upsets me, Cranberry. No, that was uh, Sancallo. Yeah. Okay. Time for a break here on Talking Trots. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll Blake Redden won't cheat um, during I'll this just little break. I guess um, all the towns in Victoria. Well, unfortunately, probably you've only got one more strike in your head. Time for a break, as I mentioned. When we come back, we're going to deep dive into the 11 race program at Tabcorp Park Melton tonight. The Weekend Review, the Weekend Preview. RSN 927 is Talking Trots.
1: Welcome back to Talking Trots on this Saturday morning. It's, uh, it's time to go through the form for tonight at Tabcorp Park. Before we do, I learned something incredible in the break. On. Mm-hmm. there's potential that you're even a little I, I was kicking myself i'm really upset about the the buster brady situation guessing the five cups he won but i've i guessed gunbower in the break and i was right no you weren't okay it well, wasn't i was wrong but you were a little you're even you're a little unsure on the last
0: two no i'm sure well now you are because you've had a look i've had a look okay what were they no i'll let you no, keep going i'm not going to keep going tell the listeners off air, you said one of the towns. It's up there on the Murray.
1: Ah, oh, Chuka. Chuka. I said it's not a Chuka, so that was wrong.
0: Well, that was yep. wrong. But I'm just saying you mentioned it, and the other one was uh, the other ones of you know. Uh, well, it's Maryborough. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I should should have got that just checking my computer to make sure everything's above board. Uh, so let's get <laughs> yeah. stuck into the form. As I mentioned it's a really good meeting. I'm going to let you sort of run the show from here, I would have thought, but um, it's actually a particularly good meeting. And a meeting where, I've got a funny feeling it's going to be feast or famine. You're going to have to play some angles here and try and and uh, and try and find a few value wages, you would have thought. But I reckon if we can do that, we can definitely make some money.
1: Alright, race one on the card is the DNR Logistics pay 17.20 Metropolitan Maiden Race, and we've got a short price favourite here in it, Code Bailey.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, if you didn't get in on early, it's um, uh, it's not a tragic situation, but it's getting harder for you with Code Bailey. two twenty five into a into seventy five. I think you'll definitely be winning the race. There's going to be some heat early. Zubri gets out well. I don't think Albedouez will use all of its early toe. American Zest is going to want to roll forward. River Patrol has Gatesby but probably won't use it. Van Dand is one who might have a lash out wide. Uh, Better be the bomb. Be a really interesting situation for Jack Law as well. Do you have a go from Gates 7 with so much drawn inside you? I'd say probably not. The situation's going to end up with American Zest probably in front. If he hasn't had to work terribly hard, he'll be hard to run down American Zest. And Zaberi behind the leader and Rock and Roll Chapel three poles will both be really well placed. But Code Bailey. Code Bailey is the kind of horse I thought could be a potential, you know, group class animal in his younger days, and I think many people probably agreed. He's had four runs back from a break, all against quality opposition, broke through in devastating fashion at his most recent start. I think as long as they break sort of 28-2 for the first quarter, and I think they will, Code Bailey will be winning. American Zest goes in for second, and it's a legitimate threat if he's able to get a very soft time in front for some reason. I've thrown him better be the bomb just because it's going so unbelievably well, like freakishly well for Paula Martin, even with a terrible draw. And Rock and Roll Chapel and uh, Zubery both go into your exotics as well, as mentioned, from three poles and behind the leader, but pretty keen on Code Bailey. But we have lost the price, 10.378. Yeah, interesting.
1: Could be a big 24 hours for Lewis Taylor, Brisbane AFL player who's got Code Bailey, and then Yankee CJ at Sunday on, uh, on Sunday at Horsham Race 2 on the card is the Melton Toyota three-year-old pace final, 6.34 p.m., over the 2240, this is a 3 co to c one and we've got already three scratchings. Numbers four, final chapter five, superannuation, the emergency, and seven, Glen Letty Boy. But it doesn't really materially affect the race because True Colours and Arabella start. look, the um, the horses
0: that are going to really go on with it after this. I'll tell you how it does materially affect the race, and it really does materially affect okay, the I was race, wrong. is that True Colours now... Uh, with only four horses off the front line, can basically whip around and get into a perfect position in no time at all. That's Doesn't true. have to navigate traffic, um, and that's that's really big for the race. I'm being a little bit headstrong here, and I'm sticking with Arabella. Starter win, Rock on Shadow's a horse. Uh, we've both had a good opinion. I've certainly you found Rock on Shadow. I reckon that the trials, even before it, its first race start, and I've got a funny feeling he'll keep getting better and better and better. Rock on Shadow. I think he leads. Does he hand up to a horse like True Colors if True Colors gets there really quickly? It's interesting. Not sure, but um, I hope not. Because I, if Arabella Star's behind the leader, even though True Colors was freakishly good running after Arabella Star, I think one thing that's been forgotten with Arabella Star is the fact that she's not a breeze horse. She parked outside them in the in the quality qualifier for this series, and she still held them out. So. I'm going with her on top, but one of the two will win. I've got very little doubt about that. Eight and 12. I've thrown in for third, Rock on Shadow will be leader or behind, leader in transit. And outside of them, Bet America's got a couple of options from a reasonable draw. She's too short in markets, Bet America, for mine. It was a good win at Cranbourne in the alternate qualifier for this series. But if you're playing early quarters, eight and 12 is as far as you've got to go. Is this the best betting race on the night? Will Rock on Shadow definitely run a
1: place, regardless of whether it leads or hands up? No. Okay. Um, if it hands up, it will, and
0: and they'll run top three? You'd reckon uh, okay. my my main money races on good form will, will be based around Arabella Star and, uh, and True Colours running 1, 2 and Rock on Shadow finishing 3rd. Yep. My, my number's 8, 12, one, and 9. Race 3 on the card is the Highland Harness Colours
1: Pace Final 2240. Uh, this is a four-year-old, no older CO, but it's a $10,000 CO, so uh, top tier t- t- uh, CO, which we might disappear soon with the new rating system, that sort of idea. But anyway, uh, we'll soon see. Monjana's going to be a
0: short-price favourite from the pole. Uh, gone off in the long run there. Uh, 1, eight, ten, and 9. Basically, you've got to look at this race one way or another. You've got to say, you think Monjana can be tested at the start or you think that he'll lead. If he leads, it, amazing uh, quirk of fate here that the two qualification winners have drawn one and two. If Monjana leads, and I expect that he will, then he and Dublin Street really are the two key winning chances here. Leader behind, leader race. One of those races, as I used to call them when I was a bit younger. Um, Dublin Street can win if there's more pressure in the race than there was in the heat. But you'd still think that Mongiana's the one to beat. Whether he should be anywhere near as short as he is, I would contend not. But uh, I've got one to beat eight. Number 10, Lounge Art. Oh, just, he's just a horse I've got time for. He parked out and he was and he just battled a little bit. He, he, he rallied okay in the concluding stages. I think with one run, he's better suited. And then I've thrown in Iron Mark a horse that you've got a lot of time for just ahead of Rebecca Zart. One, eight, ten and nine. I reckon you can be quite happy with the leader
1: behind leader, one of those races. I reckon I heard Matt Stewart use it during the Spring Carnival at one stage, uh, referring to the trots, so you're getting some traction. Race oh, nice. four on the card is the join VHRC trot. Sprint trip, T1 to T2, uh, probably the class drawn off the back
0: here If the Great Redeemer trots. She's probably too good. To question mark? Uh, no, Lucinda look, Max flying. I'll be having four four on almost equal Peaking here, I think the Great Redeemer is the one to beat. But we know that she can be quirky. On ability, she's probably still better than them. Yeah, I'd look, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's good. She's very good when she's when she's one hundred percent right. Yes, but, yes. Um, that's the one yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, Lucinda Mack, What she did last start? Tell, yeah. Is she is she just keeping on getting better and better and better? She might be. chissy's a horse I've got a lot of time for, and the run the last couple of runs wasn't far behind the Great Redeemer in the Tontine Trotting Championship, and then flew home last start behind Well Defined, who won the Tontine. Goes forward here might even if it's in the breeze, and then Great Redeemer comes. Hayden Gray might just put the foot down and go to the front. That's going to make it mm. hard for everybody else. And for Touche, if the speed's on throughout, can also be in the finish. My number's in the last league of the early 40, 9, 10, 7, 5.
1: Race 5 is the first league of the quarter. The tab multiplier pace, middle trip, M1 to 2. Good metropolitan race. Rishi deserved
0: favourite, despite having not been able to break through recently. It's got to be his race, I reckon. I'm, look, if, if he's around $3.00. Uh, if you're having a bet tonight, I'd say that he's a, he's a horse that you can have your $50 on probably, and so I'm, I really think that this is his chance to break through. There's so much bet off the front row. Will Sixty hold, kick up and try and hold Cruz early? Even if Cruz gets there over the middle trip first up from a break, will he be wanting to hand up Joni and goes forward? Scoob operators unbelievably fast when he gets going. Um, so I think they're going to run a lead time that's really going to suit Rishi. Lance Justice will be able to balance up, I reckon, whip around to the breeze, own the race and win. I've got him on top of Scoop Operator, who might be pretty nice. The question with Scoop Operator is I reckon his best run was last start. I reckon it was last start when he came from off the speed and just went straight past Gilliam and me, Madonna and Co. Is he better suited off the speed or do they use that early toe that he does possess? Cruz goes in for third. Trial was pretty good in preparation for his return to racing. Motor gate crasher you just got to try and ignore the last couple of runs. He did beat Rishi a few starts back, so um, I've got him in to the mix. But also, look, you know, Joni, and you couldn't leave out, absolutely flying in the minute, and 60 can bounce back from a good draw. So don't play too pretty in the first leg of the quaddie, though I do think that Rishi will be winning if you want a straight-out bet, ten 7, 2, and 9. Here's a question for you. Yep. When was the last time you went ice skating? Uh, oh, I'd be
1: nearly 20 years, I reckon. Are you, were you proficient at the time? No, was terrible. Okay, well, this is going to be awkward because we need to get our skates on big time here. We're in a lot of time trouble. Race six on the card. Is there renowned an silverware trot over 2240? Metropolitan trot, TMO to TM1 numbers. Interesting the way
0: you've <laughs> wasted, wasted, time. wasted a bit of time. Of course. Seven, three, one. This, this is the best roughie on the card. I mark it $3.20, Dynamic Legacy. Do you know I, I went through, it starts drawing five and worse. Yeah. And it's only ever missed a drum once in seven goes. Three of them wins. Nice to do it tough. And that that was last start when it was beaten 3.2 metres by Claudius Prince, Reels, and Anywhere Hugo, all of whom yep. would probably go close to starting favourite in this race. Yeah, good call. So really keen. Very, very keen if you want to get involved in one at a prize. Seven on top of three, no Republic, who desperately deserves a win um, and finds a race where he can certainly um, achieve it. One law legend is worth throwing in at a price. I know he's a horse. You like yep. to throw in your multiples as well. And uh, for Imperial Whiz... Was luckless last time out, um, can be in the mix. Variants all lit up, even Desert Flyer all in the mix as well if you want to play your multiples, but seven, three, one and 4, the numbers I've settled upon. Good value there. Race 7 on the card is the feature. The Sundance
1: Trotters gift uh, Gift trotters free for all the Neota bloodstock. Uh twenty two forty Group 3, Open Trot, McLovin just
0: wins. I'm not going to waste too much time on this, even though it's a feature event. McLovin will, will work its way to the top. The only question, Mark, here is, will Kingdom come pull ferociously again? And will that potentially make it hard for McLovin to get around? If he gets around and and Kingdom come settles, they'll finish 1-2, I reckon. Geez, Delta Sun's Delta going Sun will test him. Delta Sun will be in the breeze, um, and 1-1 one, one will be Savannah JJ. They'll dominate the race. You you reckon Delta Sun will test McLovin? Uh, well, he'll make it. I, in the breeze. I think he'll probably run second anyway. Well, he might. If you want to play conservatively, you could play three to beat one two five one two five. But McLaughlin should be winning. And as as I mentioned, I think if Kingdom comes settled in the trail position, he should be running second three one two five hopping and skipping and winning race eight, the last leg of the Quaddy, the Beraldo
1: Coffee seventeen twenty mayors Metropolitan Mo to one. And uh, you found one that's
0: a touch of value, She Envy. Yeah, Oregon, she's underrated. She envies. She's been in some really good races of late. She was only three and a half metres away from some of the best mares in the country in the Jody's Babe, two starts back. Then last start, finished off nicely in the same race as Pistol Abbey that we referenced earlier. Our Neck Knuckles probably my take on of the night. Um, short course, no brilliant early speed, has to balance up, probably then progress forward and whip around to the breeze. So she's done work. So she's got a balance, sprint, balanced sprint over a short course journey she can win she's my second tip in the race but gee she's going to have to put in a, a, a pretty uh, special performance six has got to go daly Quinn. will they use her early toe here potentially if they do and she gets across to the top she's a winning proposition as well love short course journeys and i'm a showgirls and underrated customer and look Back to something like her best when a uh, devastating winner in admittedly moderate time last time at five four six two last leg of the court. Allied Express Schweppes and High Gain, the sponsors
1: of the last three races, give us some brief
0: thoughts on each. Uh, Allied Express, I'm going six three five, and I basically I'm relying on No Apache. Me did trial well after uh, you know everything went wrong. A shocking performance last time at was forced to trial, trial. Encouragingly I thought has clearly got more gates better than anything in the race. If he leaves I reckon he wins, though Duke, Duke John's flying been going through that series behind Angel of Arts of recent times. Albaroc's a horse that we've always had time for, but when does your patience run out? And number eight, our sportscaster. We know he can run a fast mile under the right circumstances, but drawn in a position where he can't use his early toe six, three, five, and eight. In the Schweppes, Trotham going five, nine, eight and one. And Maud de Frere is an absolute star. She'll be finding her way to the top here and from there. I don't think she can get beaten, though Gallian's glory has produced some really big finishes in New Zealand. Everything went wrong at its Australian debut. If it did everything right, it's a clear second pick. In for third, Chris King-Kiosk, who is a horse i refuse refused to leave out of any exotic anywhere, any time. And number one, Celtic Rose. Also going really well for anne Conroy at the moment and can hold up a position, or a relatively good position from the pole-marking draw, but a more de Frey looks a moral five nine eight and one and the theme continues with the final race in the program, with another moral here. Perfect Major in Tango, in Sierra. Tango made a real race at it last time? Yeah, autumn. but they I think Saucy Dreams made Perfect Major yeah. work terribly hard. Yeah, Perfect Major got to the top. Tangling Sierra made the move at the right time. They drew away and won by a cricket pitch. On this occasion, I reckon you'll find that... Well, I'm confident you'll find that Saucy Dreams will be more willing to meekly hand up the lead to Perfect Major... So perfect major wins again. Tangoing with Sierra for second. You talk about best betting races on the program, this is the one I'd say. Seven to beat, eight. In for third, three, saucy dreams, if indeed my uh, prediction is correct and they hand up a little more meekly than the qualifier for the series. Then you're out to Villarreal and Will I Rock and Roll as the other key runners in the race. Seven, eight, three and five bakes. Good luck with the pies tonight, Bond. Have you got any final uh, best bets maybe for us? Uh, best bets on the program. I've sort of mentioned a couple. I reckon at value, at really good value, Dynamic legacy. I would suggest a dynamic legacy, and I really do think that Rishi will 100% deserves to break through, and I reckon tonight is his night, Bakes. And have a good day. You too, mate.